Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today my guest is Miss Brandy Phillips the Animal Technical Rescue Branch Director for the UF Vet Emergency Treatment Service for UFCBM. Brandy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. The cool thing that you guys should know about Brandy is she was the pre-vet advisor, which is my job, before I had it. So we really can relate to each other's positions. And she is not a veterinarian, so she gets to bring a unique perspective to the uh, UF Vet Emergency Treatment Service. First of all, Brandy, what is it? So what we are is a kind of a two-headed team. We do both disaster response, but also animal technical rescue. Okay, so how did you even get involved in this? What was your background? You know, where did you go to undergrad? We always like guests to talk to us about how they got their positions. Absolutely. So my undergrad is actually a degree in psychology. And then I went on to graduate school for agricultural education and communication at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Yes. And... That's where I got involved in this program was through my graduate program, I came on to help develop the curriculum for our animal technical rescue component. Okay. Um, So I came in as an educator into that training program and then really enjoyed the whole process. And so I've stayed on throughout that time. So I've been involved since 2011 um, and previously did work as an advisor at the University of Florida, um, but now focus primarily on this. I think um, we always like to point out that sometimes students' careers and passions are not the same. So while you were having a career in advising, you were doing what your passion was, right, which is this, but now you're doing it full time. Absolutely. Which is wonderful. So my friends at home, if you're thinking that you maybe get a position or a career that you aren't in love with, um, but you still get to have your passion on the side, do that, enjoy both, and then maybe eventually the passion will become the profession. Okay, so disaster response, and the other piece was? Animal technical rescue. Animal technical rescue. Can you break down what each of those entails? Sure. So disaster response is when we send out teams um, of veterinarians, of our DVM students, of technicians, to be able to perform veterinary care in disaster-type situations. So here in Florida, a lot of times that's going to be hurricanes, but Mm -hmm. it can also include wildfires, um, floods for other reasons, Lots of different types of natural or sometimes man-made disasters. We also sent a team during the BP oil spill oh, wow. um, back several years ago to help with that as well. Uh, now, for the disaster piece, are we assuming that every disaster has animals involved? Is it always animal help that we're giving, or are we doing other things as well? So we provide animal help. Okay. We respond with emergency support function 17, which is a very fancy way of saying that that is the animal and agricultural piece of disaster response at the state level. Mm -hmm. So we only focus on animals during those disaster response. Not that we're not interested in people, but um, that is our our role in that picture. Okay, so that's the disaster response side. Mm -hmm. What is the animal technical rescue side? So the animal technical rescue side is where we provide both response and training for technical rescue type emergencies. Those are going to be emergencies that go above and beyond what your normal emergency response capabilities are going to entail. So for us, what that looks like is overturned trailers, 
on highways. Oh. Um, things like horses or cows that are trapped in septic tanks or swimming pools or sinkholes. Oh, God. Haylofts. All kinds of really more dramatic situations mm-hmm. than your typical, we just need a little bit of help out of this situation. What comes to mind when you said that was I'm picturing the cat in the tree and the firefighter comes and helps them, but this is for like the bigger animals, the bigger situations where y'all will come out. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be something like a cat or a dog. It just depends on the kind of a situation that they're in um, and what resources and capabilities are needed to be called in for that. So it sounds like all of these instances are not planned. Correct. These things happen. How does a veterinarian come out if they're on clinical rotations and they have things that they're doing? How does that piece work when there's an emergency? Sure. So it's challenging, um, always challenging. But we do work with the FEMA and um, our own college group of veterinarians and vet students to see who is available based on what their clinical obligations are, how can they get covered, um, what happens. Because you can't plan for disasters. You can't plan for emergencies. We do train, we prepare, but we're always just waiting. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, it happens. Yeah. Um, so finding coverage is, is the biggest thing and making sure that you've got support to be able to do that is important. Right. Let's talk about the training pieces. Um, so what kinds of training do our veterinarians and vet students go through to be prepared for these kinds of events? So particularly, a lot of our training is on the animal technical rescue side. We do heavy, heavy training there because it is so intensive in terms of skill development. So what we do at UF is kind of unique. We put our DVM students every year through our uh, multi-day operations level training. Mm -hmm. And that gives our students the opportunity to get hands on the equipment, be able to see the techniques, learn the techniques, put them to use with a life-size equine mannequin that we have, which is really oh great. Oh, my. Okay. I think we bring that out at Open House. We do. Yeah. Yes, every year. So if you guys want to come and see what this life-size equine model looks like and kind of what the uh, techniques are for this animal technical response training, you can come to Open House in April and see that. So our students go through that. Um, can we talk about one of the most exciting parts of the training, which to me would be the repelling? Yeah, so uh, we do also like to take our students rappelling at the Ben Hill Griffin Stadium every year, which is a really cool opportunity um, that we're very fortunate to have here at the University of Florida, that the athletics department is supportive of us doing that training here. Um, And a lot of what we do is based on rope rescue. That's the foundation and the core of animal technical rescue. So we just apply rope rescue techniques to heavier loads in a lot of cases. Getting our students familiarized with these rope systems is really critical for their understanding of how to implement these techniques. So a fun way that we can do that Mm -hmm. is to have them rappel in the stadium. I have gotten to do it, and it was super fun. Um, Definitely a little scary if you have a fear of heights, but really thrilling once you get out there, and our students get to participate in that, which is wonderful. Uh, What kinds of major events, like disasters, have you been a part of yourself, and what were they like? So the most recent one was Hurricane Irma. We sent a team down to Key West and provided veterinary care to the citizens of the Keys that had either remained during Hurricane Irma or were coming back to their homes following evacuation and needed care for their animals at that point. What, What kind of emotions are going on during that time? Oh, my gosh, it's so challenging. Um, You know, I've been as a native Floridian, I've been to the Keys many, many times. Mm -hmm. 
never under these kind of circumstances. So it was really difficult emotionally going into a place that you know to be this beautiful place full of vibrant people Mm -hmm. um, and see the absolute devastation and destruction. So our team entered in a very sobering kind of a way to get to the location in the first place. But you also see amidst all of the devastation, you can really have an opportunity to see the great parts of humanity, Yeah, um, which was really refreshing. We had so much excitement from the community about us being there. Oh, that's nice. They were so grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of great support from local businesses that donated ice to keep our drugs cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was just a lot of really great teamwork and collaboration and community yeah. that came out of that. Yeah. I can imagine that, you know, when it's super stressful for the residents of an area that gets hit with something like a hurricane, having it almost feels like superheroes come down and kind of save the day and help to rescue uh, their animals, which are a part of their family and just be a part of that community. That's a lovely, although scary experience for our vets and vet students to be a part of that. And particularly because animals provide us all so much comfort and Mm -hmm. um, mean so much to us personally. That's really all that some of these people had left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh, right. They lose their home. You lose all of your possessions, all of your personal belongings. Mm -hmm. All of that gets destroyed. And what you have left is the bond that you have with your animal. And to be able to have somebody help you care for your animal in that time of need is so much to those people. Yeah. I I assume that there's going to be a lot of displaced animals in those kinds of events. What do we do when we find some of those animals roaming around in those areas? So our team is um, part of a bigger organization called the State Agricultural Response Team. Uh-huh. And part of what we do is is help to um, work within that network to find the right resources to be able to reunite pets with their family. Mm-hmm. So there are animal sheltering groups. Florida SARC is one of them. That's the State Animal Response Coalition, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of pet sheltering. Okay. So they'll help to, to find lost pets, re- unite them with their families and things like that. The ASPCA often comes out on these things, the Humane Society. So we're part of a bigger network of a lot of agencies that are involved in these responses. Yeah, and in these kinds of situations, um, I'm sure communication is so important, strong communication skills for our students, um, for the veterinarians that are on the team. So we always try to stress how important communication is. So don't forget, in an emergency, you have to be just as level-headed and prepared to answer questions and get the help that these animals need. Absolutely. What kind of personality do you think suits a prospective DVM student um, or DVM student who's interested in joining an organization like yours? What kind of skills do they need to have? That's a great question. It's really important to be able to stay calm under pressure. Um, remembering that somebody else's emergency is not your emergency. You need to stay calm. You need to stay focused. You need to be able to know this is your job. This is what you need to do. Even though it's somebody else's worst day, you're there to help. Right. Right. So you've got to stay calm. You've got to stay level headed. um, You've got to keep your head in the game. You have to know how to take care of yourself. Okay. Because it's so important. And what we stress particularly in animal technical rescue, um, but it also applies to the disaster response side, human safety comes first. Mm -hmm. We all are so committed to animal welfare. And that is really a core piece of what we do. But we can't promote or support animal welfare if we aren't taking care of our people first. Right. So knowing your limits, knowing your boundaries, knowing how to support yourself and take care of yourself is so critical to being successful when you're working in disaster response or 
any kind of emergency situation. Yeah, I always bring up the, when you're on an airplane, who do they say to put the oxygen mask on first? Yourself before you help the person next to you. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't help the person next to you. You can't help the animal next to you. Exactly. Okay, wonderful. Um, what other parts of what y'all do do you think is important for our listeners to know, to understand something that maybe they wouldn't, I'm sure for a lot of us, we didn't even know this was an option for veterinarians and vet students, but what else do they need to know? Some fun things. Yeah, so this is a really great opportunity to tie in with your local community and really get yourself networked in with a lot of other great community members. And that's really what we strive to do in in getting our students involved with these types of things, Um, particularly from the side that I work most heavily with is the animal technical rescue piece. Um, Our students, we train so that they can go out once they're in their communities of practice and coordinate with their local emergency operations center, get in touch with their local fire department, their law enforcement agencies. That's going to be a lot of the bulk of who we train but they need veterinary support. Mm -hmm. So they're going to do a lot of the hard, heavy lifting um, and the building of systems and making the logistics flow to make the emergency response happen. But they really need veterinary support. They need sedation. They need care for Mm -hmm. that animal. They need to know what they might be doing that's going to impact that animal's health. So the role of the veterinarian in these pieces is so immensely important. And being able to train and prepare these students to go out and serve their community in that way so that they can network with the correct people makes all of these situations so much more successful and so much better for the animal, for the community, for the people involved. So if I'm a pre-vet student, I might have a wonderful volunteer experience if I can get involved with my community in this way for these disaster responses, animal technical rescues, and also something to think about students. One of the VEMCAST essay questions right now is how do veterinarians contribute to society? And this is a piece that I don't see a lot of students write about, but veterinarians come in and save the day in these kind of disaster um, situations. So that's another piece. Always be thinking outside the box, not only what you can write about, but how you can volunteer and give back. Brandy, I have to assume that if some of our listeners are not in the state of Florida, they still might be able to get involved in these ways. Do other states have disaster response teams and these kinds of, um, you know, opportunities in other areas? Absolutely. So Texas A&M in particular has a really great program, um, but there are also other states. Washington has some involvement, um, LSU, Mississippi. There are definitely some some other avenues where students can get involved in this. Okay, good. So students, if you're not in the state of Florida, uh, don't despair. You probably have lots of other opportunities. And remember, you have other opportunities we haven't even introduced you to that you can be trying to figure out or explore. Brandy, what pre-vet advice do you have for students since you were once a pre-vet advisor? What is some of your biggest advice for these guys getting ready to apply to vet school? So my biggest piece of advice that I always give to students, and I did this as an advisor, um, really is based on the position that I have now and, and the role that I get to play with in this team. When I first got involved with this team, this was not my trajectory. I had no intention of ever going down this road. I didn't know that this existed. It was just kind of a weird opportunity that got presented to me. Say yes to weird things Mm -hmm. because you never know what cool opportunities are going to come out of that. So if it strikes you as a little bit weird and maybe not what your actual plans are, but it looks like a good opportunity and you might learn something from it, 
take advantage of it. You have no idea what you might gain from doing something that is a little bit different and deviates from your track. Yes, I love that advice. Do weird things, especially if it kind of falls into your lap. You know, if you are struggling to find opportunities, especially something that's specific to what you think you want to do, but something else comes your way and you're not so sure about it, go ahead and try it. Because now look at Brandy, you know, a few years later, so immersed in this field that you loved and you didn't even know it was coming your way. Exactly. Oh, I love that advice. I'm going to start giving that to my pre-vet students too. Love it. So that means, students, your homework for this week is to find something weird and do it. Whether it's a gym class that you've never taken or a book that you've never read or an organization that you never joined. Maybe watch some Linda training tutorials on some kind of new skill. But go ahead and do something weird and different and see what you're exposed to to help prepare you even more to become a veterinarian. I want to thank Brandy for being on the show today. We've learned another aspect about how veterinarians are superheroes and can do all of the things and students and professionals who aren't even interested in becoming veterinarians can become a part of this unique and wonderful opportunity to give back to their community. I'm Alex Avellino and we'll talk to you soon. 